like I mentioned before, Ricky, these we've all got these stories. We're just at the cusp of creating our own story you know, and designing our own life and our own career. So let go of stuff and start building your own story now. You know, there's no time like the present. And, you know, let's start also making an impact on the environment as well. Because the less we buy, the less waste we have, we do our bit. Welcome to the Unlocked Podcast with me, Ricky Locke, the podcast that is part of my adventure into unlocking how to be the best version of ourselves and live an extraordinary and successful life. This week, Chris Lovett, speaker and minimalist, joins me for a conversation on the discovery of less, a true story of his adventure of stepping out of the comfort zone of everyday life and learning to let go. It is a fantastic episode, all about minimalism and really about what is the most important things in our life. Is it the materialistic things that we hold dear to our life or is it about the adventures, experiences and stories that we create? Now, I'm a big fan of minimalism myself and this is a fantastic episode that really will make you think about what is the most important thing in your life. And since recording this episode, Chris has announced that he'll also be talking at TEDx Holt London. That is an event that you do not want to miss. Head to the link in the show notes and you can find out more about Chris's work and TEDx Holt London. But without further ado, enjoy this amazing episode on the discovery of less with Chris Lovett. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Podcast. This week's guest is a minimalist speaker, coach, and author of the book Discovery of Less. Welcome to the show, Chris Lovett. How are you? Okay, I'm doing very well, my friend. How are you? Very well, thanks, mate. Yeah, really looking forward to this. I am a, a massive fan of your work and obviously of minimalism in itself as well. And uh, I think that this is a really nice match because I won't go into too much detail, but everything that you do helps to inspire people to be the best version of themselves. So, yeah, how are you? How's your week been so far? It's been very minimalist. Yeah, um, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be rubbish, wouldn't it? It'd be rubbish if I started a podcast and how's your week been? I'd be like, oh, I've been stacked. Yeah. Oh, I've been hating it. I've been too busy. Um, yeah. So I suppose I've got to give off this uh, uh, this this view of of being quite a minimalist, but I am really, you know. But yeah, it's been all good. Um, really looking forward to this. It's been great to connect with you and um, really looking forward to where we go, where we meander on our chat. Yes, I think there's going to be a few, isn't there, of that? Um, it's funny, actually, Chris, because I was in this conversation with someone else the other day. Could you imagine if you said to someone, how are you? And they said, I'm bloody amazing. Life is just brilliant right now. The way that we're conditioned, you'd think, bloody hell, you're a bit arrogant. But we, it, people can't, can they? they? They don't feel compelled to say how bloody great they are. So it's, that, It is funny because we, we default, uh, yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, and we bat away those not comments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm, all, I'm all right. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, no, not bad. No, I'm bloody yeah, brilliant. Bad. I'm brilliant. Yeah. Uh, well, Chris, I'm brilliant today because I'm talking to you, and that's. Uh, I mean that because I even wrote this down. I am a massive fan of minimalism, as we were just having this conversation before press record. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I love it because on your website you've got this great phrase, which is removing the things that no longer add value to make room for unlocking the best version of you, which is completely in line with this podcast but firstly Chris for anyone that's probably never heard of you met you or discovered your books or anything that you do tell us who are you and what is it that you do yeah who are you that's the toughest question ever <laughs> in it really yeah. um yeah so 
yeah, like like you said, Ricky, my name's Chris Lovett. That is my real name. Um, I never used to have these labels, and I wasn't generally too fussed about labels, but um, I've kind of labelled myself as a minimalist because I focus on just the good stuff. I don't let any of the rubbish stuff impact who I am. And over the last few years, I've taken on all these other labels of um, being a, a professional coach and uh, a speaker, uh, as well as an author, which is a surprise to me, <laughs> um, seeing as I failed English when I was at school and didn't go to university. And so you know, people from working class backgrounds like myself, don't you're not supposed to write books. Mm. You know, you're not supposed to write long form, uh, how, not how-to books, but like memoirs and everything like that. And so, yeah, so I am owning these labels now um, and trying to help people just to remove some of the stuff that gets in the way. And when I say stuff, it's your physical stuff, your your digital stuff on your phone, on your laptop, all the mental stories that we tell ourselves, all those self-limiting beliefs, etc. Uh, and even to the depths of a fulfilling job. Mm-hmm. So letting go of all of those bits and pieces around your life that that kind of keep you tethered to those decisions of the past. Um, so yeah, so almost like trying to help people become like the the HD version of themselves. So we've been living in black and white and standard definition for too long now. Let's all dial up um, and become high def. And by, really getting rid of, by getting rid of your stuff, you're able to do that. So uh, that's how, that's what I did. And now I'm trying to help other people just to shine a light on the, the positive impacts of decluttering and living a bit more minimalist, not just on, us as individuals but on your community and on the environment as well which has been uh, a huge upward trend for me recently is asking people people asking to talk about i get i get the decluttering bit but can you link it to sustainability well bloody yeah of course i can here you go (laughs) yeah it's just the positive impacts that it just has on you and your community and on the environment as well yeah i I love that phrase about bringing ourselves like into hd it's it's true yeah um i've i think i've mentioned it on one of my podcasts before about the, the challenge that i did last year with when i saw when i discovered the minimalists as i was saying before yeah, yeah. this in january i was like bloody hell yeah the, the, getting rid of this stuff and decluttering it's not just about tidying up and i know that you've mentioned on one of the podcasts before about this marie Kondo thing it's not just the case of tidying up but yeah, yeah. this thing that it did to me was that it made me think that the stuff doesn't define me it's not a measure of success but the real stuff or the real things to do is the experiences and the people and the conversations and this wonderful life that you can have that you're not being anchored down with all this stuff and consumption but interesting i know know, you know the minimalists are my guys and um yeah there's a lot of there's quite a few torchbearers um, but what I found is from going through this journey is a lot of those torchbearers were not, they weren't British. <laughs> yeah. And so they always had a, uh, yeah, some of them, most of them had a Western view, which aligned with my view, but none of them were talking about things like our culture and things like Sunday best and, you know, keeping things just in case and all these types of things that I experienced that were very, just slightly different from an American yeah. view and so i looked around and i'm like right who sounds like me any cockneys around here that would be <laughs> clubbing and i couldn't find any and so i had to almost 
begin to start what does a British version of this look like and so um, I've pulled out when I'm linking things to people and trying to relate to a British audience I'm trying to bring in things like 40 Towers yeah. and Andy <laughs> Peters and you know reference points that we know as Brits and from growing up and, um, and yeah so I'm just an average bloke doing average things um, but it turns out that those types of things have unlocked something in in me and hopefully we'll unlock stuff in others too. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, I was doing a bit of research and I found, I think that you are one of the UK's only public speakers on minimalism. Which as far I, I as think, I know. Yeah. As far as, as, I, know, maybe as, far as I know as well, yeah. I, maybe I think after that, this, everybody will come out of the woodwork and we'll just <laughs> make a massive, a massive team or something. Yeah. yeah. But it was true though. I, I know what you mean though. It does feel very westernised. I've, I've read a lot of books on it and it is very that westernised approach to it. And I love the idea of what you're bringing into this with this, uh, you know, Cockney approach, that kind of thing. But yeah. it, it's, it's so true. But I, I think one of the key things that I think as well, it's fascinating to the audience of this podcast is that I'm trying to inspire people to be the best version of themselves. There's many people out there who are in the L&D space. There's small business owners, SMEs, and it's being fulfilled. And I love that you have a wonderful story that led to that spark because I believe that the spark of what you're doing now came from a um, a kind of a, a moment, like a catalyst that just went, is this it? And I'd love for you to share your story of, your background of how you got to what you're doing now and now what's leading you to this wonderful path of inspiring people to look at the most important things in life. Yeah. Yeah. We, when, when people ask about the light bulb moment, so to speak, um, I always have to kind of make sure that I caveat it with, there wasn't some inspirational beam of light or anything that, that, that woke me up. It was lots and lots of little things that um, made me kind of realise exactly what you said, Ricky, around, is this it? And that was having a, you know, a ridiculously busy work life and thinking that title, so like the title of manager, once I get there, I've made it in life. Once yeah. I get to a certain status from a salary-wise, I've made it. But every time I got to that certain phase, I just moved the goalposts a little bit further. And I was like, well, if I just keep doing that forever and ever and ever, um, it's never going to be fulfilling. And I had all these aspirations to go traveling, to do a job that I enjoyed, um, to get out of debt. That was a good one. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah, that yeah. would have been yeah. nice from 18 to 35, just continual credit cards. And so, um, so yeah, and I basically just by fluke stumbled across um, decluttering as an activity and realized how much space it gave me not just physically in the home but mentally as well to think a bit clearer and that was a catalyst really to kind of solve my stuff was able to do the things that I wanted to like go traveling um, and then come back and implement this new design of life rather than having it designed for me by outside influences or things that I couldn't control I basically just wrestled control back myself <laughs> and um and decided to design a life and a, a personal and a professional life that worked for me for what my motivations were at that time so so yeah i sold pretty much everything i owned um i quit a job that was okay you know i'm not sure that most of us have okay jobs that are just yeah. a solid solid six out of ten comfort zone um i ditched that made a few mistakes on the way um, and 
built up this new way of living and and all of a sudden this other th- you know these other bits started to started to emerge like sharing the story on a stage which i'd never even contemplated before but people were interested and they thought well if i sell my napoleon dynamite dvd do i get this to feel the same way as you? Um, yeah yeah and i actually uh, sold that in, on music magpie as well about yeah five six years loads, ago they must, must have loads of them coffees yeah um <laughs> And so, yeah, and because it, it resonated, you know, so it, it was all about stuff, stuff that we all had, stuff that we'd all gone through. And so then the book was almost like a, a, a nice follow-on from that. And then the talks have kept coming and, yeah, I've been, it's been great to connect with, I say it's been magic to connect with people like you, mate. Um, Thanks, mate. And tell... <laughs> and tell the story i'll try and i'll try to reduce the magic pumps as, <laughs> the we, pumps move, as we move through but yeah yeah i, I love it you know it's you, you have a very similar story to me in terms of uh although i'm i mean for anyone watching this on youtube chris is probably having a field day looking at the behind me all the stuff i've got behind me i but don't judge mate I don't, don't judge. judge that's true that's true um but i love that your story was similar to mine i was thinking is this it and what i wanted to do now interestingly there's a thought here that i thought about like i know that you were acquiring this idea of status of manager and i remember you had a story about someone receiving a balloon <laughs> for like 20 years or a decade of their life you think oh yeah Christ, is, you know um yeah. and it's interesting isn't it because as you went up that ladder i went up the ladder as well and as you get paid more money your expenses then go up with that. So you're not, I, I never found that I was really better off because the gap between what I was earning and the profit, I started getting more expensive cars, more expensive things in the house. So nothing yeah. was there. And I remember, I think it's um, Richard Kiyosaki from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He talks about the idea of job is just over broke, J-O-B, just over broke. Yes. <laughs> you pay just enough to to keep you living, but not really enough to give you that life that you really want to do. But then you consume yourselves by all these things. Um, so yeah, just a little spark of magical musings there. But I do think that it's interesting. Do you call them magical musings? Do you call them magical musings? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start a series, I think, on this podcast called Magical Musings of just these <laughs> random thoughts. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's interesting in the life that we have. And like you said, that very British way of living i mean like i mean consumed by like my phone which is terrible but just every day you know scrolling through the feed and seeing what other people are doing and i had a good chat with a friend of mine who you know cat hayes about this idea of the measure of success what does that measure of success really look like and i I think we can get lost in that thinking that you know what I haven't got that watch. I haven't got that expensive car. So therefore, does that mean that I'm inadequate? Therefore, I need to then go get debt or credit cards to go buy those things. But actually, the decluttering phase of doing those things makes me feel actually to look at the most important things in life. But I'm guessing that you must have, you know, doing what you do, you must inspire so many people to kind of take the blinkers off and go, Jesus Christ, what? You mean there's more to life than this? You must have thousands of people that you've kind of inspired for what you do. Well, maybe, hopefully, well, hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed. But it is the the, the preconceived ideas of that um, we've been programmed to believe that status and things mean success. And whether that's through how we've grown up, the people that we've been connected to, school, advertisers as well, um, keeping up with the Joneses, all these types of phrases and things like that. Um, it was always lead back to possessions. You know, the more mm. possessions you had, the more successful you were. Yeah. And we had to continue on this ladder. 
Um, hence, you know, the, the J-O-B reference. I love, I love that. Yeah. Just over broke. And it's true. Yeah, you know, 100% true. Until we figure out that actually it's all bullshit and it doesn't really matter about the watch you just bought because they all say the same time. I remember I had a mate, I had a mate once and he bought a watch and it had no hands on it. Oh yeah. And it, and it just said, you have all the time in the world. <laughs> and I was That's like, I like, I like this. No wonder you're late to everything though. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we are, we are conditioned to, to kind of believe that and part of decluttering you know, just like I mentioned before it's not just physical stuff but it's decluttering those beliefs and your belief system mm. uh, you need this type of you know you need that jumper you need that watch you need that phone um, and yeah it's it's a it's a different way of living but it really resonates with a lot of people because especially now you know by the time that this, this goes out the price of everything is gone up um, so we're talking, you know, petrol, utilities, food, and how are we going to pay for that as well as continuing to pay for all the stuff that we don't need? Are we going to take out more debt? You know, what's, mm. what's going to happen here? Yeah. And so what people could do potentially is look inside their home for things that are not being used or not being loved or don't add value anymore and sell it off to people who do need it, want it. And use that excess fund to pay for the increase in living. So, you know, rather than going through like uh, payday lenders or payday loans or anything like that, utilize what you've got already. You've got, it might not be as much as what you initially bought it for, for example, the free P DVDs, but um, (laughs) at least it will serve you almost like it will give you, it will be created with new value. So, this new value that these, this stuff that's been left in the loft it'll be transferred into new value. Um, so yeah, so it resonates with a lot of people and um, yeah, let's just hope that we can become a bit more self-aware of where we spend our money and the stuff that we owe. Cause we are, cause Britain is, it hoards more clutter than the rest of Europe combined. Really? Yeah. So oh God. compare the market, you know, compare the market. Yeah. They yeah. did a, they did research on the storage industry. Oh yeah, which is one of the highest growing industries. Yeah, yeah. And we had more space per square meter than the rest of Europe combined de- dedicated to storage. Yeah. Oh my god. And we use we use most, if not all, of it. And if that probably costs a grand, fifteen hundred pound a year to store all your old stuff, that's extra money that you could be doing you know, going on holiday or paying bills or, you know, fixing the car or getting a new boiler or whatever it is. Um, but we are, you know, we can't win the Euros, unfortunately, because penalty <laughs> shoot out. Um, we're rubbish at Eurovision, but we are the best at hoarding. <laughs> so take that to the bank. Wow. And, yeah. And let's, yeah. let's get the top of that leaderboard. Um, that is so, fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. Yeah, I thinking about it now. Um, in Peterborough, not far from us, there used to be a big home base, and home base is now gone, and it's now become a self storage unit. And there's another one that's opened up literally as well. And I thought, blimey, bloody hell, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I'm thinking here in my own journey. I mean, I've I've been moved into my house now for six years, and it's funny that when yes, we had, we had one van. You know, we were young. We 
uh, you know, we didn't have a lot. You know, we brought it in. But now when I look around my room, I'm thinking there is shit everywhere. But the question I'm asking is, is why have I got it? You know, why do I do it? And why do I consume all this stuff, really? Because is it really doing anything you know yeah um we we constantly are always chucking stuff out at the tip i mean it's not great really because i'm probably adding to landfill but it's it's crazy that we hoard this much stuff but i guess the reason is is that the why why are we doing it and i'm guessing yeah i I mean i'd love to ask you know what is the benefits of decluttering and getting rid of this stuff what benefits do you see from people doing this yeah i mean the um we do have that inner conflict. You know, I don't want to leave it in landfill and so I'll keep it. So you're basically, you're just punting it down the road for 20 years. When you, when you die, someone else has got to take it to landfill. Um, so yeah, so the, the, the positive impacts basically, I mean, this for me, when I started to remove stuff, physical stuff out of my home, the immediate short-term impacts were space and calm. You know, so back when we used to go to an office, we used to go to a workplace, your home was your your zen, your place of, you know, where you ate, where you slept, um, where you could relax, right? But it didn't turn out that way. It was another storage room. So I'd go to an office full of papers, files, desks, and I'd come home, it would be full of paper, files, desks, DVDs, stacks, all that stuff. And um, so, yeah, so actually you know, physically removing your items out of your home can give you that sense of calm. And you think that's the most expensive thing you're ever going to buy and spend the most amount of time in there, you know, why fill it full of junk? Um, and then you can, if you do decide to sell it and go through that type of avenue, you get your financial rewards because there might be stuff that is actually, there might be treasures that are just in and around your home that you're not aware of. There's the community part as well. So, donating stuff that you don't need or don't use to someone who does need it and will use it you help someone who's less fortunate than you um, and they're just off the top of my head you know they're just the the immediate positive impacts of of decluttering and and, if, and obviously with the sustainability and the climate crisis that we're all you know trying to play a part in now you know if you buy less stuff you create less waste you know if you donate your unwanted T-shirts, you take part in what is called the circular fashion industry rather than uh, be part of an industry that is, I think it's the second worst uh, industry for environmental damage is fashion, fashion industry. And I was awful at it, Ricky. I bought so many T-shirts that were, you know, two or three wears and that was it, done. I hoarded loads of jackets, clothes, jeans. I didn't wear like 75%. Of them. Um, so, yeah, so the physical act of removing stuff can give you immediate rewards from a financial, uh, from a well-being perspective, from a, a giving perspective. And if, if you stop there, that is good enough because a lot of people stop there because they want to sort out their home life. But if you can take it into your digital life and, how much social media saps your time away and your relationship with tech, you know, it can really kind of go double, triple, quadruple the impact that you have yeah. on yourself and on others as well. So I hope I've sold it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I think you have, mate. I, I love the idea. I think 
most importantly is that well-being aspect that I think we don't often think about. You know, I'm thinking now of like just visualizing my phone and thinking and seeing all the apps as I scroll across. How many of them do I actually use? You know, what are the, the, the core ones I might need for my business, but how many of them am I wasting time? And I know that I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff lately where it's either promoting podcasts or stuff like that. And I feel like I'm just sucked into my, my phone. You know, I can feel like my mm. posture just down and I'm thinking, yeah, actually, do I need to do all this? And it's not really adding value by me doing this. Could I still yeah. create value without it? And I think I could. So actually, those conversations, I mean, like, it, it, this is a morbid thought, isn't it? You know, and I'm probably thinking this because, as you know, and the fans will know, I'm expecting baby girl at any point. And by the time this goes out, she might even be here. But I'm thinking, if I was to die, and it's very morbid to say that, but all those times that I'm wasting on all these different apps and stuff, actually, what was the real thing? It was it was living a life, you know, and I'm not yeah. really doing that. Yeah. But you're I, a magician, I think, yeah. Ricky. You'd be able to wizard yourself back to life anyway. <laughs> that is, I, well, yes, I am a wizard. Yes, uh, I haven't learned that trick yet. I should do that. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I think yeah. I think it's a great thing, mate. Yeah, generally. I know that Danielle um, did a, a challenge um, a couple of months ago, which was something like you throw away uh, or you declutter like, one item a day and then it's two days, like that kind of challenge. And yeah. I saw like a massive behavior change in her. Like she kind of had this glow about her and, um, you know, she had hordes of bags just getting rid of stuff. And then there's that guilty aspect thinking, oh my God, you know, because obviously we were going to get rid of it thinking, why? <laughs> why yeah. do we do it? So yeah. I, I, I guess, Chris, is there a mission or is there, yeah, do you have like um, a vision or a, a mission that you would love to inspire people? Is there like something that's on your mind that you want to inspire people to do with this act of decluttering and um, getting rid of stuff? Yeah, I mean, by fluke, I decluttered my home because I needed money. And to do the things I wanted to do, I needed money to go traveling. Uh, I couldn't take any more debt. I need to take a break from work. So I had to do all of these things to do the one thing I really wanted to do. And I went and did it. And off the back of that, I'm just sharing this story. And basically we've all got a story to tell. We just sometimes some of us don't know it yet. But at the moment we are consumed in in debt with stuff. Uh, we're too busy, you know, working ridiculous hours on stuff that probably isn't that important. And there are loads and loads of aspirations buried underneath with our stuff. And it's time to let that go and do the things that you've always wanted to do and be that type of person you've always wanted to be. Because the last 18 months, two years has shown us that anything can happen and that at any moment the rock could get pulled out. And similar to what you were saying there, would you like to be sitting down on a nice calm day and looking back and going, I was so pleased I did that spreadsheet or, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so, you know, back at the, one of the best days I had was, running around Primark, you know, <laughs> you know those types of things. Um, we can't take it with us. And no one's going to turn up to your funeral and go, he had a really nice watch, yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His DVD collection was probably the best on, on the block. You know, we're going to talk about the things that you've done. Mm. Um, I want to hear more stories. I want to hear more stories of people doing things that they've always wanted to do, going to places they've always wanted to go to. Um, and just achieving the things that they've always wanted to achieve. And at the moment, I've had a lot of people with the one-to-one -one coaching that I do who are wanting to change careers. You know, we're in the great resignation at the moment. Mm. Um, and we've well, spoken I, love that. Yeah. I know, right? And we've spoken about, you know, those kind of crossroads where 
we we stop and think, is this it for me? And a lot of it revolves around the career because you spend a lot of time in work, at work, doing work. And people have gone, "Mm, actually, I want to do something that's more for me, more fulfilling. So the timing of this message, again, either by luck or judgment, is pretty good. Uh, And so take ownership of your stuff. Get rid of the stuff you don't need or don't use. Give it to someone else who will use it. And, um, you know, start clearing the pathway to do the things you want to be doing. Kick that old toy out of the way, you know. Pick out that old record and put it on eBay and um, go off and use that money or use that time or energy to go and do stuff that you really want to be doing. Um, So, yeah, so that's pretty much what I did by fluke. Uh, And now here I am kind of just relaying that message to others but yeah i want to hear more stories i want to hear more more stuff of what people have been up to and where they've mm. been rather than what they've been buying yeah i think that's so powerful chris yeah well um before we obviously wrap up the podcast obviously uh, i can't obviously finish the podcast without talking about your amazing book discovery or less oh. so um tell us a little bit about your book yeah and uh, for anyone that might be inspired by this episode or even thought of this idea um yeah Let's talk about the book. Tell us what led the spark to create the book. You've obviously mentioned about the story uh, and yeah. how can people, yeah, get a listen to the book or even uh, get a listen to the book? Read the book is what I meant to say. <laughs> I want to get a listen. No, how do I get a listen? Yeah. Do you know what, Chris, actually? I did look for you on Blinkist, actually. Have you heard of Blinkist oh, yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not there I was yet. wondering if you, yeah, love it. That, that'd be great, yeah. I think that's quite ironic, that isn't it? A a yeah. shorter version of the book. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I have been thinking about how we can do, uh, you know, versions of less, a less version more. But yeah, Discovery of Less was was born in the summer of 2021. But as I was going out and speaking to uh, to teams and in organisations about this strange upheaval of selling everything and quitting a, a successful career, uh, friends of mine said, jokingly, you should write a book about this. And me being me and still having some of those self-limiting thoughts went, nah, mate, <laughs> that's not who I am. Yeah. You know, I've written a few blogs here and there. I've written a few articles for people. You know, who am I to write a book? You know, I'm not an author. I don't, I've, I don't have the education or the title or the skill set. Whatever. Well, but that was a load of bollocks. Um, <laughs> and so I just basically let go of all of these self-limiting thoughts and thought, no, you know, People lived, oh, oh, you should write, and it kept happening, kept happening. And there's only so many times I could tell people, nah, I'm too scared or I don't believe in myself. I thought, ah, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. And so I used um, the pictures on my phone to almost dictate back to me the previous five years. I also still kept, this is probably one of the only receipts I keep on my email, was the... um, Music Magpie, Ziffit, and We Buy Books receipts of what I'd sold on that yeah. very, very first day. So I almost used that. Because, oh, that, that 160 quid turned into this. And the weekend after I did this, and, the, and so there was a timeline starting to emerge. And I just had to retell that story. Um, so it's all written in, in, in the past tense, apart from the last kind of chapter to where it kind of brings it back into we'd just gone into lockdown. And I'd and I'd looked out my flat window in South London, and I saw someone with a uh, a shopping trolley full of toilet roll, 
And I was like, here we go. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, it was just funny that we, we lost control. Couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. So what we went to do, we bought more stuff so we could feel that sense of control. Um, but yeah, so people can get the book on, on Amazon, on any other good uh, online bookstore and some average ones too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, I see that on your website. That That's Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the website is lessisprogress.com and there's some freebies on there if people want to get like a 30 day challenge and some uh, other bits and pieces, but, but yeah, so the, the book came about and, you know, I had, a, I had a really good editor and I went through that whole process as a novice and then come out at the end of it as an author. And so I'd learned how to, you know, how to use sensory language and how to uh, retell this story in a sense that people would enjoy it and get an experience out of. And, um, one of the ladies, I was at another book club last night, and one of the ladies said to me how that she'd connected with the book in different phases because wow. it was British. And I mentioned like like little landmarks or people that minor celebrities that we may or may not know, objects that we all have, like toys, films. So we can all connect yeah. back into stuff. And it's yeah, it's a story of letting go. And you'll get a little bit of a travel log in there as well. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so it's, it's fun. It's light. Uh, there's a decent message in it, and it's uh, it's it's an experience. So once you buy that book, give it to someone else, or I think you can probably get it for one pound seventy. You, you can probably sell it on Music Magpie for one pound seventy. <laughs> what I've heard. From what you. So get, get a little bit of money back after you finish with it. <laughs> So it doesn't clutter up your bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, well, thank you, Chris. And I guess I've got a question then. So for everyone, we'll put a link in the show notes for uh, everyone so you can find out the links to go get the book. But also, I, I guess I'm going to finish with a question, which is how can we use your story and, and your learnings of decluttering and this minimalism approach to be the best version of ourselves? Oh, wow. <laughs> Big question. Let's save the yeah. best one to the end. Um <laughs> How can we use it? Yeah, so I, I I coined this term, this minimalist mindset of you know using it not just in your home but in everyday in everyday life. Um, and so it's almost like I said before, kind of clearing that pathway to do more of the things you want to do. And you know, I'll, I'll tell a quick story of one of the yeah. clients that I had in, in the recent past, and um, she'd gone through various crossroads in her life, whether it was divorce. Um, whether it was a, a job loss and things like that, these kind of milestones appear. And it's at those milestones where you can choose to make a choice. You can go left, you can go right, or you carry on going down the same road you've always been going down. And she made a choice to take a different path. And she picked up the phone and she goes, I've had this fucking mattress <laughs> <laughs> in my house for six months and I don't know what to do with it. And it's almost like, the, the physical stuff started to cause her mental pain as well. And it was impacting in her performance at work and relationship with kids and friends and things like that, because she wouldn't want to invite anyone around. Right. Um, you know, she didn't want to do social activities because it was just the, the stuff was draining her energy away. And so piece by piece, she let go of it. You know, she got rid of the mattress she sold some of the kids toys that were just taking up space that were never being used she started to get a little bit of money back which meant that she could put that into you know, 
decorating her home where she lived and worked, which made her feel a lot better, which made her have more confidence, which made her then go out and meet new people when she met someone else, you know, started a new life. And it just all started by getting rid of the mattress, <laughs> getting rid of an old mattress. And so, like I mentioned before, Ricky, these we've all got these stories. We're just at this cusp of creating our own story you know, and designing our own life and our own career. So let go of stuff and start building your own story now. You know, there's no time like the present. And, and you know, let's start also making an impact on the environment as well, because the less we buy, the less waste we have, we do our bit. And so, yeah, so hopefully that kind of leaves the, the message with people to go and go and grab the book, you know, get immersed in my own journey and the mistakes I made, because it's not an easy journey because you have emotional attachment to stuff. Um, we deal with sunk cost. So if we've paid you know, 500 pounds for a phone and then two weeks later, it's worth 50 quid. You know, we have to deal with all of these emotional things that we go through. Um, but once you come out the other side, you have this new version of you and uh, anything's possible. I love that. I think that's a fantastic way to end the podcast. Chris, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. If they want to, obviously we've got the link for the book in the show notes, but if people want to find out more about what you do, how can they find more about you? So I'm on all the socials. Uh, yeah, at Christo, love it, is Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can Google Chris Lovett Minimalist and see what happens. <laughs> yes, um, love it. See what magic happens. But yeah, go and, go and grab stuff. Go and um, immerse yourself in some of the freebies on the website. And if you're feeling the, the content and if you're feeling the, the voice, then uh, yeah, go and embrace some more. But, yeah. Brilliant. Chris, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on to the show and uh, take care. Good luck. Best wishes to you. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you do want to find out more about Chris's work or even head to the link in the show notes, you can find out about Chris's upcoming talk at TEDx Holt London on the 20th March, 2022. Thank you for listening to the episode. And if you did enjoy it, then head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can now leave ratings or even on Podchaser, leave us a lovely little review as well. And also a big shout out to the wonderful patrons of this podcast. Thank you, Anthony Howe, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott and Rory Barnes for your continued support. Thanks for listening to the episode and I'll join you on another episode on Unlocked. Goodbye.